Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Daily Gospel Exegesis Podcast, which is produced by the Logical Bible Study Ministry. This is a Catholic podcast, which is all about taking an in-depth look at the scriptures. So doing a verse by verse exegesis of the Bible and really trying to get at what the literal sense is. What does it mean in its original context? How can we understand the words of Jesus? And so many of you are benefiting from this ministry, from the feedback I've been getting. You really appreciate diving into the text in this really Catholic, faithful, but academic way. And so if you've been listening for a while and you've been benefiting from this approach to scripture, if you enjoy the style of these podcasts, then please can I ask you to prayerfully consider uh, giving financially to this ministry. Uh, it does take a lot of time and work to prepare these episodes every single day. There's, you know, 30 or 31 new episodes every single month. So it takes a lot of time and it's the only Catholic podcast like this out there. So if you're appreciating what you're hearing uh, and you want to give back, I would love it if you would become a financial supporter of the ministry. And you can do that through the Patreon page, which is in the show notes. And if you do, you get access to all sorts of exclusives, including uh, bonus exegesis episodes that you will never hear on the normal podcast, as well as some catechesis sessions as well. So all sorts of really good stuff diving into the Bible and the Catholic faith in a really deep, systematic, um, but faithful way. So please prayerfully consider whether you might be able to help the ministry out. It is a small ministry and it does rely completely on listener support. Today at Mass, you would hear from Luke chapter 12, verses 54 to 59. Jesus said to the crowds, When you see a cloud looming up in the west, you say at once that rain is coming. And so it does. And when the wind is from the south, you say it will be hot. And it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the face of the earth and the sky. How is it that you do not know how to interpret these times? Why not judge for yourselves what is right? For example, when you go to court with your opponent, try to settle with him on the way, or he may drag you before the judge, and the judge hand you over to the bailiff, and the bailiff have you thrown in prison. I tell you, you will not get out till you have paid the very last penny. So let's start by thinking about the context here. It's a bit of a strange reading. You might not have heard this one all that often. So Jesus is moving towards Jerusalem from Galilee. He's getting towards the end of his ministry and he's been doing some long speeches and he's just told the disciples that he's come to bring division to the earth rather than peace. And now he moves into something a little different, but he's continuing to speak. So now in verse 54, it says, Jesus said to the crowds. Now, this is actually in the original. If you look at your Bibles, Luke chapter 12, verse 54, there is a transition here. Jesus starts to speak to the crowds as a whole rather than just the disciples. Here, Jesus is going to express frustration that the crowds on the whole do not perceive that the kingdom of God has arrived. There's probably lots of people following him around because they're interested in him and they see him as a bit of a rock star, but they haven't really perceived the kingdom of God. They're not really listening to what he's saying and acting on it. And that's why he's expressing frustration here. So he says to them, when you see a cloud looming up in the West, you say at once that rain is coming. And so it does. So in that culture, if you think about where they are geographically, the West from Israel would be the large Mediterranean Sea. So in that culture, if you could see a cloud looming up in the west, that would be coming in from the sea. So you know that it's going to rain. 
So they're able to interpret the weather, basically. They're pretty good at predicting that. And he gives a second example in verse 55. When the wind is from the south, you say it will be hot. And the literal Greek there is scorching hot. So in Israel, wind from the south would be wind from the desert. And it did pretty much almost always signal that hot weather was coming. So they were able to predict that accurately. And Jesus says in verse 56, hypocrites. Now, why are they hypocrites? Well, Jesus is going to explain this a bit, but it's basically because these people, these Jews, they claim to recognize signs and they can recognize some of them, but they can't recognize true signs from heaven, really obvious ones, such as Jesus is here, he's the Messiah, he's bringing the kingdom of God. They don't recognize those things, even though they're blindingly obvious, according to Jesus. So Jesus says here, hypocrites, you know how to interpret the face of the earth and the sky. So the Jews, they're able to predict the weather using signs and logical reasoning. So Jesus says they should be intelligent enough to understand that the kingdom has arrived. He goes on, how is it you do not know how to interpret these times? Now, what it actually says there is the present time. How is it that you do not know how to interpret the present time? So the idea here seems to be that the Jews believed that the kingdom of God was coming one day. That was part of their view. They knew the kingdom of God was coming and they were looking forward to it. But they were not recognizing that it had arrived in the person of Jesus. They were blind to that. Now, that's even despite quite specific prophecies in Daniel. If you're interested in prophecy, there's some really interesting prophecies in the Old Testament book of Daniel, which pretty much pinpoint the exact time period that the Messiah will come. And it's basically around the year AD 30 is when it points towards. So there was a lot of anticipation at the time Jesus was doing ministry. Many people were expecting the Messiah to come. So they're ready for it. But now Jesus is standing in front of them and they're not recognizing that he's the Messiah. And that's a source of frustration for him. In fact, when Jesus gets to Jerusalem, he specifically says he mourns over Jerusalem because it does not recognize the time of its visitation. And that's in chapter 19, verse 44. So the Jews in Jesus' time should have recognized that Jesus is the Messiah, but because they're not open to God in the way that they need to be, they don't recognize that he's the Messiah. Now, interestingly here, the word here for the present time, how is it you do not know how to interpret the present time? The Greek word there is kairos, and you might have heard that in connection with various Christian ministries. And it has this idea of the now. Now is the time that they should be responding to God and repenting. But it's not. They're not repenting. So that's what Jesus is taking issue with. Now, Jesus appears to finish this thought, sort of, and he's going to move on to a kind of a different thought, but it is a related one. And in a way, he's going to revisit the conversation he had with the man in the crowd in verse 13. Remember when that man um, comes up to Jesus and says, make my brother give me a share of the inheritance. And remember Jesus' response then. He said to the man, who made me a judge over you? So that happened earlier in the chapter. And now Jesus says this in verse 57 to the crowds. Why not judge for yourselves what is right? And what it actually says there is, why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? As in they should be, but they're not doing that. Jesus is saying that if the Jews were really following God, they should be able to judge for themselves what is right and how to handle what appears to be civil civil difficulties. That seems to be um, what he's referring back to now. Why can't they deal with these basic life situations, such as inheritance laws? 
And now in verse 58, Jesus is going to give a specific example of an earthly common sense thing that followers of God should be able to do if they're following God's will. And he's going to say to them, look, here's the obvious thing you should be doing, but you're not doing it. So here's what he says. For example, when you go to court with your opponent, so the image here is if there's a dispute between two people, two Jews, then, and they can't resolve it, they would bring the matter before the Jewish courts like the Sanhedrin. Now, in this scenario, as we'll see, Jesus is assuming that the person, the disciple or the person in the crowd could actually be found guilty, as in this person has possibly done the wrong thing and they should have resolved it with their brother, but they haven't. So he says, when you go to court with your opponent, try to settle with him on the way. Now, on the way here, it doesn't necessarily mean while you're walking down the road to the courthouse. What he's saying basically is if there's a dispute between you and another person, you should be sorting it out before it gets to the courtroom. So it's much better to sort it out between the two of you than for it to end up before the Sanhedrin. And Jesus says why that's the case. He says, or he may drag you before the judge. So if the person is in the wrong and they've actually done the wrong thing, there's a chance they're going to be dragged before the judge and they're going to be held to account for what they did. And Jesus says, it's possible that you'll be dragged before the judge and the judge hands you over to the bailiff. The bailiff is like the officer and the bailiff will have you thrown into prison. So this appears to be how the Jewish court system worked at the time. If you've genuinely inflicted grave harm on someone or even harm that you should have rectified and the other person has a legal right to uh, charge you for it, then you could be thrown into prison. And there were Jews who were thrown into prison if they broke the Jewish law or if they've uh, done something to a fellow Jew that they shouldn't have done, then they did actually end up in a kind of prison. Verse 59, Jesus says to them, I tell you, you will not get out till you have paid the very last penny. Or you can translate that as you will never get out till you have paid the very last copper. Now, what's this copper? It's a small copper coin, sometimes called lepton in Greek, and it's worth a tiny amount. It's basically worth one 128th of a day's wage. A day's wage was a denarius, and a lepton was... You needed 128 leptons to get a denarius. So it's a very small amount of money. When Jesus says, until you have paid the very last penny, it's like, until you have paid off literally everything that you owe the other person and that you owe society, you're not going to get out of prison. So it's a warning that, look, if you do something wrong, you are going to go to prison. You're going to have to deal with the consequences. So if we're understanding that Jesus is literally talking about the literal law courts at the time, then Jesus appears to mean something like this. He's speaking to the crowds here who should know God's will because they're Jews. You had the opportunity to repent and do what God expects of you, but you didn't. So you do deserve to be in prison. So Jesus' point here to the crowds is if you do get thrown into jail, it's going to be your own fault because you didn't handle the situation prudently. Whereas if you followed God's will, you would have made up with the person on the way. It would have never gone to court and you wouldn't be in that position. So he's sort of warning them that they're really not being wise in the way they conduct themselves in society and they need to go back to following God's will. That's the basic meaning. Now, some people have thought that there might be an additional meaning here relating to the afterlife. So when Jesus says towards the end of this passage, try to settle with your opponent on the way, or he may drag you before the judge and the judge hand you over to the bailiff and the bailiff have you thrown into prison and you won't get out till you have paid the very last penny. Some people have interpreted this to be the judge is God and the way is like a person's life. So they need to 
uh, stop sinning during their life. Otherwise, they'll be dragged before God on Judgment Day and put into prison, and they won't get out of prison until they've paid every last penny. And so some people have even seen a reference to purgatory here, as in you need to pay some things in the afterlife, and once you have, you'll get out of purgatory. And one of the key arguments for this being a reference to the afterlife is that Jesus doesn't often speak about earthly or civil matters. He typically doesn't. He typically talks about spiritual things. And so it might seem strange that Jesus would all of a sudden start talking about civil matters here because he doesn't typically address that. And on top of that, Jesus often uses financial debts in his parables to represent sins. And here, what do we have? Jesus talking about paying off a debt. So maybe there is a reference to the afterlife. And we can't rule that out. In fact, a lot of Christian and Catholic writers have thought there might be uh, some sort of layer here that refers to the afterlife. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I personally don't find that convincing. I don't think that is there on the literal sense. Because while it's true that Jesus doesn't always talk about, or doesn't often talk about civil and political and uh, earthly matters, the context here would suggest that in this case, he is talking about ordinary earthly societal things. And the point he's making to the crowds because he's frustrated with the crowds, is saying something like this to them. You can't even do the basics of life in society. And he has to remind them of how they should be going about civil legal matters in their society if they're following God's will. And that would certainly be within his view as a as the son of God to speak to those things. Although he doesn't focus on them, he can speak to those things. And certainly Jewish rabbis at the time would have spoken about civil matters and the way to conduct yourself. So I think the best way to understand this is just looking at the literal sense. He's telling them that in an, in earthly situations, they need to uh, resolve conflicts with their fellow Jews as quick as they can so they don't end up with the possibility of going to jail. So it's a teaching about prudence in dealing with earthly and civil matters, basically. So that's the end of the verses, and Jesus has more to say to the crowds. So we'll move into chapter 13 in the coming days, and he's going to continue to speak to the crowds. There's no catechism references for us to look at today, so we'll finish it there. Please continue to share this podcast around, keep the ministry in your prayers, and hopefully you'll tune in again tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh,